All right. We are live. Another episode of Monero Talk. Uh, today on the show, we have uh, Guillermo Suarez Tanjil. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, more or less. Yes. Almost, uh, it's <laughs> and uh, his uh, partner who, who was also working on this research paper is uh, Sergio Pastrana. Uh, he was unable to join us this morning, uh, but the two of them recently published uh, a report or a research paper uh, that basically estimated uh, that hackers have mined uh, at least 4.3% of the total Monero in circulation, which is something like uh, 720,000 Monero or depending on the day, approximately uh, $57 million. That's correct. So, uh, Guillermo, if you want, could you please, uh, I guess, just generally introduce yourself, let us know, uh, you know, what you, what you specialize in, in research, um, and how you found yourself working on this, uh, this particular paper. All right. So, yeah, I'm an assistant professor at King's College, University of London, and um, I've been working on, on different aspects of uh, security for the last 10 years, uh, but uh, most... Uh, Precisely, I've been looking a lot at, at malware over all my career. And um, I started my PhD working on smart malware detection, focusing a lot on Android, and, and I've been moving towards different directions. But uh, lately, I've been looking at, at, at crypto mining malware. So I guess uh, um, cryptocurrencies are important for, for the society, but also criminals are very interested in it. So, so that's um, my main focus over the last, uh, the last uh, year. Uh, so, so, yeah. That's more as my background. Could you give us a quick overview of malware in general and maybe the history of it, what it was before crypto came to be? I mean, malware has always been around. Mm-hmm. How was how was it previously used and how is it being used today? So malware has been used um, apart from their early beginning where it might have been used for for other reasons like amusement or, or trying to make a, a, a proof but over the last uh, decade the malware has been uh, basically following the money and they've been always uh, malware developers have been uh, looking at uh, different ways of, of 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 getting more money right so um over the last few years uh, perhaps uh, the most important or the most uh, um, like common type of uh, malware were uh, monetized by sending a spam. Okay, so that was one of the main activities that uh, that that uh, was hitting um, uh, the um, the users and, and the victims uh, uh, like like a few years ago. But more recently, um, kind of uh, ransomware has been a thing, and and it's been uh, there over the last few years. And we had a few incidents uh, last year where uh, where a big corporations and, and, and also final users and hospitals uh, were infected and, and and towards 2018 uh, we've seen how uh, crypto mining malware has been a thing and and some recent reports actually have, uh, have are saying that uh, crypto mining malware is the thrown in ransomware and in the latest threats that they are uh, that they are looking at yeah, I was going to kind of get to that at the end as being a last question, but I guess mm. we'll jump into it now. Do you kind of see that potentially as being uh, a silver lining of what's happening? So now uh, using malware to mine cryptocurrency, in particular Monero, uh, it makes the most economic sense, I guess, right now. Mm. So it, it's effectively taking away from these other uh, illicit uh, activities uh, when people you know, steal uh, computing power. 
So is, is there any is there any positive there that there's you know maybe less uh, other illicit uses that are happening now? Now it's it's just being used for um, mining cryptocurrency as opposed to I don't know DDoSing and uh, mm. ransomware and things like that. Is is that a potential positive? Uh, well, it's hard to say, but what is for sure is that malware is a moving target and, and constantly the, the malware developers change their incentives. And, and we've seen and, and we'll hopefully get to talk a bit more about it throughout, the, throughout today, but we, we, we see that there is an underground economy and, and, and malware developers offer their services there and, and people with less experience, they, they rent um, these services in order to uh, like move towards the next uh, thing. And there are various scams that they are um, happening uh, over the last few days, but uh, definitely if you compare this with ransomware or other type of scams, um, so ransomware actually has a particular thing, it's a one-time one thing, right? So once you, you hit a victim, uh, you have you know for sure that either the victim pays or doesn't or doesn't pay, but typically they they usually de-infect their computer somehow, either they reinstall the whole thing on. on. So usually you cover your, uh, it's, it's it's a way of, uh, of of just monetizing like the user with with one thing. Whereas with uh, crypto mining, they have noticed that this is something that they can use throughout time because it can. Uh, burn, um, although the CPU and the computers might eventually get slower, uh, but uh, we've seen some techniques that actually aim at uh, evading these things. So, for example, we've seen crypto mining only mining when the user is not using the computer, so he doesn't have like a like a bad user experience and he doesn't no notice that something is. Uh, is, uh, is 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 going on. So uh, whether this is going to keep going, I guess that will ultimately depend on many factors and how we uh, keep protecting users, but also how uh, the value of cryptocurrencies, uh, if if they keep being uh, like something that that uh, like the society in general is interested, uh, definitely uh, criminals are going to be behind it. So what what is malware mining? Well, how, how does it work? Uh, okay. How's are there different types of it? Um, what's... So yeah, there are typically two aspects of, of the mining process, and and one of them has been uh, pretty obvious for the community over the last few uh, year or so, which is uh, crypto jacking or uh, malware that infects the server and kind of uh, runs on top of the web browser, right? So we have this web-based uh, notion of crypto mining. Uh, that has been there for a while. Um, this has been used also for legitimate purposes. So a lot of sites run, uh, uh, as opposed to advertisements, run uh, mining. But uh, we, we have uh, uh, knowledge of, uh, of malware that has been compromising uh, servers around the world. And then there is the other aspect of it, which is uh, uh, like binary-based crypto mining, which basically means that uh, instead of using a web browser, you try to compromise the whole system. Uh, by using uh, different infection vectors, by using botnets and things like that. And um, basically the way it works is that once you have compromised uh, like a botnet or a very large set of, of computers, you just put these, uh, these uh, uh, workers to mine for you, okay? So you're basically uh, using the same tools, the same concept of mining that we can see for the legitimate businesses, but the only difference is that you're using someone else's computer and you're using the electricity that is being paid by someone else. So how much mining are we seeing in the the browser-based method versus the binary method? Is hmm. Uh, hmm. one more popular? It's very difficult because unlike to what we have done in our uh, paper, in the web uh, browser, uh, 
kind of uh, side of the spectrum is uh, they we haven't seen any scientific paper be able being able to accurately measure how much money mining there is and this is basically because uh, they don't have a way to estimate how many servers are on the world or if they do more or less get to estimate how many servers are on the world might be compromised it's very difficult to say or to understand how many users are connecting to those servers and they typically most of the papers they they make some estimates uh, and which is very in, in inaccurate so so there are some numbers uh, and and in the paper there is more details about some of these papers that i mentioned uh, where more or less they give you a rough estimate definitely uh, much more lower than we were uh, saying so uh, so there are two things they were estimating um like I think one order of magnitude less than we were estimating, but uh, their estimates are still uh, not very reliable. Okay, because uh, yeah, happy to elaborate more on on, on this later if, if you're interested. So you guys focused on the binary mining, is that yeah. correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, um, so your estimate would have been even higher then if you were able to also accurately estimate the uh, the web based. Web browser-based mining as well? Definitely. So there are two things. Um, first of all, the way we extract the, our estimates are based on uh, information that we've gotten from the pools. Okay, so so these criminals join uh, typically join to pools, and these pools have given us uh, information about how much money uh, the uh, wallets that they've been using uh, uh, in illegal machines uh, um, they, they've been uh, getting. So um, there is two things. One of them... In the malware, in the binary thread, we have we we believe we have a, a like a lower bound estimation of, of what is the thread because we are missing uh, still uh, a lot of things. We believe we are just only seeing the type of the iceberg. So that's that's one aspect. So we, what we know we know for sure that this four percent comes from from illicit uh, mining and from from malware, uh, but we believe that might be more. Okay, uh, in the in the binary uh, scenario, but also in the web uh, browser scenario, there is there might be something that you could uh, the, some other attribution, some other uh, crypto ma malicious miners that have uh, that could also add uh, revenues on top of this. So yeah, before we guess, I get into the details of exactly how you guys arrived at these estimates, uh, mm. I'm looking at some of the things. You said you guys analyzed uh, 4.4 million malware samples, mm -hmm. um, uh, which is one, 1 million malicious miners, and then it was over a period of 12 years. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that, that goes back to pre-Bitcoin, doesn't it? Yeah. So uh, how, did, how does that uh, come into play? So... Um, well, basically, some of these um, um, malware samples that we've got, we've, we've tried to be very comprehensive, and some of these malware samples have been going for a long time because they are botnets that they are here and that they've been running uh, not only uh, um, malicious mining before Monero or before other cryptocurrencies that came before, but also other type of uh, illegal businesses. So we are collecting as many samples as we can from these botnets, and then later we try to kind of... Uh, um, narrow down our searches towards uh, the particular thread that we are looking at, and we start looking at uh, malicious miners. Um, malicious miners, the time span kind of uh, like narrows down a bit, uh, and then we look at uh, a bit of Bitcoin, and we explain in the paper why Bitcoin is not a is not a thing uh, nowadays anymore. Uh, and later we kind of focus our attention after we extract all the information and all the things that we need to to get the, the earnings. We focus our attention on. On, on, on Monero. So basically this explains more or less the timestamp. So we have malware, then we have malware that targets uh, cryptocurrencies, and then we have malware that uh, looks at Monero in, in, in these uh, different timestamps. Mm. So why did you go back uh, 12 years though? Why, uh, because malware has been around before that, I guess. What, what would, was the... Uh... 
the reasoning for that? So basically, um, when we were trying uh, to get like a or, or data set, uh, we were uh, we first started by having like a smaller data set of of of, of uh, crypto mining malware. Uh, so to speak, and then we were looking uh, by looking at um, an in open source intelligence and other uh, information that we were able to to see. We were expanding our data set based on on binaries that have been related to this. So we, um, yeah, we've we've been looking at twelve years basically because the data set that we uh, like finally got on top of all the things was was the maximum time for which we find the malware sample that was related to a crypto mining malware uh, these days. Mm. Okay. Okay. Because the thing is that many of these malware uh, criminals they use infrastructure that has been running for a very long time. So we we identify very popular known botnets that they that they are there, like Byroot, for example. Uh, but we also came to know new uh, botnets that, that no one in the community knew. So so yeah, basically this this more or less uh, uh, explains. Uh, Kind of the, the the focus and and, and in particular, uh, I think 2012 is more or less when one of these bonnets that we look at the paper was uh, was becoming a thing. Mm -hmm. And then you, what you guys eventually arrived at is that you're estimating that there's 2,000 approximately 2,200 active campaigns. Yeah, and all of those have accumulated an estimated 720,000 uh, Monero. Mm -hmm. So how did you guys, what, what was the method? I know it's, it's hmm. probably hard to explain. Uh, it's, you know, 18 page paper. I, I went through it uh, yesterday and today, but if you <laughs> can kind of give a, an overview of how you arrived at the estimated campaigns, what methods you were using okay. uh, to derive that and then the actual amounts. Sure. Um, so basically, there is a classical uh, malware detection techniques. There is two aspects to it: something that is called a static analysis and something that is called dynamic analysis. So in a static analysis, you try to look at the, like the binaries itself that you find, and you use uh, uh, some uh, program analysis techniques to try to 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 kind of deep dive and make a deep inspection into the binaries and try to extract properties from that. Um, and then uh, there is dynamic analysis for which. Uh, sometimes when you don't have a good overview of the malware sample, because in, in it might be obfuscated, for example, might be encrypted, or there might be some techniques that might not allow you to use study analysis, we use dynamic analysis, which basically means that we get a, a sandbox and we run the malware into that uh, in, in that particular sandbox. We instrument the sandbox and we typically look at uh, network connections, um, command line tools, uh, processes that have been created, and, and things like that. So we basically, in our paper, we rely on these uh, two techniques. And we try to look at different indicators of compromise and different parameters, uh, but uh, we have a like, very large variety of things that we look at the malware that we are mainly interested in uh, common line tools uh, and also uh, parameters of the uh, network uh, packages that we are observing that uh, connect through uh, using the spectrum protocol, which is the, the one that has been used to, to talk with the, with the pools in order to kind of uh, try to find uh, new proof of works and, and, and continue doing. So basically, we deep inspect also uh, not only the binaries, but also the network packages and, and some other information that we find from the, from the processes, like the command line tools, to try to extract the wallets or to try, try to extract the usernames that these uh, criminals or this malware is using in order to um, communicate to the pools. Uh, to which uh, wallet they should be uh, giving back the rewards when they once they mine uh, one one pool. 
one block of uh, one block in, in in one of these pools. Uh, sorry. So uh, we use these techniques, the static and dynamic analysis, on top of uh, all the uh, malware samples that we have, and start collecting all, all all this data. Then we have a component that is called the profit analysis, uh, for which we basically query uh, different APIs from the different pools, uh, and, and we basically send the wallet that we have obtained from this malicious uh, malware sample, and we try to, to find out uh, what are the different payments that have been uh, happening over the last few years. Of course, um, we have information from uh, some of the pools. Uh, we don't have information from uh, all the pools. So for example, one of the pools that we don't have information for this is Minergate, because it's a, it's a, it's a pool that doesn't provide this information publicly. Uh, so that's, uh, that also explains why I was telling you that we are only uh, seeing the, the type of the iceberg in, in here, because there are pools for which we don't have information that we know that there have been active malware um, working and mining towards uh, uh, using those pools, but we don't have uh, uh, have this information. So basically, once we have uh, the wallets and when we have the different uh, uh, pools for which the uh, malware is connecting to in order to, to, to mine, um, then we use a number of heuristics uh, to try to understand how uh, like a number set of, uh, of, of samples grouped together uh, into, into these campaigns that you were, that you were uh, mentioning. So we are basically interested in on getting to know how many um, actors there are behind this, or if we cannot estimate properly how many actors there are, at least try to understand how many uh, set of malware are using the same botnet or the same infrastructure, okay? So, um, yeah, I'm not sure to which extent you would like me to expand on the number of heuristics that we use to group together uh, these things, but perhaps the most uh, relevant and the easy uh, to, to understand, although there are many others a bit more complicated, is that when you find, for example, 10 malware samples that they all use the same wallet, uh, we know for sure that that like set of malware that campaign or that group of samples are part of the same malicious actor because they they all at the end this this wallet and this uh, identifier is what gives you the revenues. I mean, where you want to 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 get to gain the the rewards for for mining. So if they all are using the same wallet, we can under we can like be pretty certain that all those ten or twenty or whatever uh, samples we find they belong to the same uh, person. So those are what we call the campaigns. Okay. Mm, okay. So the so the real key was um, figuring out which wallets essentially are owned mm. uh, by these hackers. Is that is that kind of correct? Yeah, that's correct. And, and then working with the pools or looking at the data that the pools have to see how much Monero is being sent to those wallets. Mm. So did you guys actually work with the pools themselves, or you were just? or this data is just viewable and it's transparent. I know you said minor gate, you can't see the data, uh, but did it also involve uh, working with the administrators or owners of the pools to, mm. to get information from them? So we originally started as an independent work. And uh, I'd say that um, like all our findings and all our work is independent. We can query this information because this is uh, the other pools that we uh, were uh, looking at, they have uh, uh, either they have the for each wallet the aggregated amount of uh, rewards that they have sent, or they also sometimes they have the the history of those transactions. So the very precise moment where they were uh, getting these uh, these uh, rewards. Given said that, uh, there are a few set of pools that have helped us quite a lot because we've attempted to report the the, the wallets uh, that belong to these uh, these uh, criminals to 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 these pools. 
and um, some of them got back uh, to us with uh, uh, with a lot of interest and, and and in particular in some cases and we discussed this in, in 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 two of the case studies that we present they were giving us additional information that would help us to understand a bit better the size of the botnet so for example the number of ip addresses that were used to connect uh, uh, that they were behind these wallets which is something that we didn't know because we have like the static malware samples and we don't know for one malware sample how many infections have they uh, gone through uh, so that's a, uh, like an insight that we managed to get uh, thank you to the information that they were given us by the by the course mm -hmm. could you explain so what role did the botnets play that's basically how the computers are getting infected to begin with right so um there are two ways in which you can uh, create a malicious uh, activity or a malicious campaign. You can either start infecting yourself uh, different computers and, 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 and doing the, the hard work, and, and, and which is usually, uh, uh, it takes more time and, and, and it, it generally requires that these uh, malicious actors are, uh, are usually more skillful, okay? They, they need to have, for example, exploits available in order to be able to infect machines and everything. And there is another aspect to it. So you can also, uh, instead of uh, infecting yourself the different machines, you can uh, rent a botnet in the underground market. Uh, that has already a number of machines that have been uh, compromised by someone else, someone very skillful that knows how to exploit these vulnerabilities and how knows how to get into other machines, and uh, just paying a fee or paying like a like a number of uh, a amount of money, you can you can rent those those machines. So this is where the botnets uh, come come into play. Um, in particular, in this underground economy, when you actually uh, rent one of these bonnets to, to, to do to execute something it's called paper install so basically uh, you just say okay I want uh, 10,000 installations of my miner for example and I will pay you a bit of money per each installation and the bonnet starts uh, making this uh, this uh, activities and yeah basically to to go one step behind and understand a bit better what is a botnet a botnet is just basically an structure uh, that basically allows you to control the machines that you have infected uh, so so you can use this for 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 several purposes so who's i know it's hard to say but who's hmm. participating in this i mean is it is it i know you said there's there's a couple of large actors uh, does it all does it boil down to to one or two very large actors that are essentially controlling this, and then there's kind of an economy that's built around it, and they, and 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 you know, there's there's it comes down to kids in their basement that are also participating mm. and downloading these things and mm. trying to make money off of, uh, uh, and you know, installing these botnets. Um, what what what's who's part of this economy, and how, who do you think is ultimately? Uh, controlling this is it is it one or two actors or is it many people that are, are that are trying to do this right so based on, on our findings and the numbers that we got uh, looking at our data set we found about approximately 2200 campaigns which uh, more or less give us an idea that uh, behind its campaign there might be one or several uh, pe uh, people behind that so that's uh, like a, a, a lot of people behind this but we found that out of these 2,200, most of them, over 90-something percent, they were not making a lot of money. So this is probably one of the cases that you that, that, that you refer. People, uh, script kiddies or some uh, people, as we call it in the community, that doesn't have a lot of uh, understanding of what they are doing. They um, buy one of these uh, malware samples in the uh, uh, underground economy, in the darknet, um, for, I don't know, 
15, 20 US dollars, and they try to actually make uh, this happen. Um, and yeah, that's a very large portion of it, but uh, it's, uh, as we said, it's, it's people that is not succeeding uh, quite, a, quite a lot. And then we found that um, what happened with the other, uh, like, 10% or less than 10%, uh, what, how much money they're making. And, and, and we observed that uh, just only a handful of, of campaigns were making like large um, um, sums of, of, of money, okay? So basically, yeah, that's one of the key findings of our, of our work is that uh, just only a few uh, criminals are actually monopolizing the whole uh, cyber criminal uh, operation. Uh, in particular, we were, Quite interesting in the top 10, top 20, because they were making uh, like really large sums of, 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 of money. And not only people, we saw some campaigns that have been running for since 2014, since the early uh, beginning of Monero, but also we uh, found some campaigns that have been running only for one or two years and they were uh, like being very successful. Mm -hmm. So uh, the big question, uh, why Monero? Why are they why are they uh, using Monero as their preferred uh, coin to right. do illicit mining with? So we 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 talk in the paper and we look we 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 look at different cryptocurrencies and 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 we we saw that Bitcoin, for example, was a thing uh, several years ago, but I guess that after. Um, some of these uh, cryptocurrencies, uh, some of like big actors started developing a dedicated hardware to mine these uh, things. Um, I guess if you like control a very large bonnet of uh, like medium-sized PCs, you would you are not able to compete with with uh, with people mining uh, Bitcoin in, in 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 one of these farms or using GPUs or using more advanced hardware. Uh, so I believe that. The, that's one of the main reasons because Monero is an asset resistance uh, um, um, cryptocurrency, which basically means that um, each of the miners that are behind uh, the, like when you're mining, you, you on the one hand need a lot of memory RAM, but also on the other hand, you know that there has been, there's going to be a, a, like a change in the proof of work every once in a while. And that immediately if you dedicate hardware to it and you create uh, your, uh, you, you build your custom, uh, mining farm uh, you'll not be able to, to 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 continue to compete so i believe that having a really large uh, bonnet of uh, medium-sized pcs is very suitable for 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 monero also there is another reason to it monero has been getting a lot of attention in the underground economy as a cryptocurrency that is uh, anonymous so uh, they also are quite interested in mining and gaining um, like moneros because they can later use them to pay other services in these underground economies mm -hmm. So is it is it fair to say that this that this may mean Monero works in terms of what it's supposed to be doing? Is can can one look at it that way? I mean, um, the fact that they're choosing Monero to do you know it's it's obviously not, it's not a good thing, but it it shows that as a tool as a cryptocurrency, uh, it's doing that it's doing what it's supposed to be doing in that um, you know computers can mine it instead of uh, a, you know specialized mm. ASIC mining mm. hardware which is which is obviously a bonus because that shows that uh, it has the potential to be a more distributed network uh, if if any computer can mine it and then also the fact that it's being chosen for its anonymous nature shows that it's uh, living up to uh, what I believe a cryptocurrency is supposed to be which is you know anonymous and private and fungible um so do you, do you think it it could it could suggest those things or uh um, that... definitely i i guess so um i mean 
I have mixed feelings about this. It de it definitely shows uh, that like Monero is 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 a cryptocurrency to to be anonymous and it's a cryptocurrency to be mined by by the community rather than be mined by one or two uh, uh, yeah large uh, big miners. But also um, I don't know during the development of our uh, work we found that. Um, some of these criminals were having a lot of trouble with uh, these uh, proof of work updates that they've been uh, that have been happening. Um, so, because every time that there is a proof of work, the, it costs money for them to update their their bots. They need to pay again for these paper install ser uh, services. They need to pay to the to the botner owners to update their their, their machines. So, um, so definitely, I would say that uh, criminals have. Uh, shown a lot of interest in Monero for these uh, uh, reasons that you mentioned. But I believe that in the future, there might be some countermeasures that uh, Monero might be able to implement that would put away and push away these, uh, these criminals. And one of them, as we discussed in the paper, is trying to devise some, instead of, um, as, as we know, Monero is an ASIC resistance uh, cryptocurrency, but we'll, we, we believe that the community might be able to build on top of that some other countermeasures that would make them botnet resistant. Mm -hmm. So, so the same uh, methods we're using to avoid ASICs are essentially also killing off uh, some the of the, the yeah, some of the uh, yeah, exactly some of the actors behind behind right. this. Uh, and that's what you guys were suggesting as being, I guess, the top uh, countermeasure. I would say that that's something that would be the top countermeasure right now that is happening, and 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 some of these criminals uh, uh, have been pushed away, especially the, the small ones. Uh, but the big fishes uh, keep there. I mean, they have a good infrastructure, and they are monetizing it uh, wisely. Uh, so I, th I believe that there has to be more countermeasures to to take down these uh, big fishes. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I, I guess it, I, I do think it is a positive that it shows that Monero can be easily mined by computers uh, versus you know these the specialized hardware. Um, but like you're saying, it's 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 also a, ne a negative because while many computers or millions even of computers may be participating in this, unbeknownst to them, it's potentially a few actors that are controlling those computers, right? Well, in the, in the at least in the um, underground economy and in the malicious uh, um, uh, actors, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say that there is a few set of uh, of criminals. As for the other, uh, I don't know, ninety five percent of 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 Monero that 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 is there, uh, I, I wouldn't be able to to comment on that. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe there is. Uh, people also controlling large amount of machines that they are um, mining. Uh, these uh, cryptocurrencies, or maybe it's uh, like uh, uh, billions of volunteers uh, all over the world uh, using uh, their own machines for their own revenues. Mm -hmm. So, what are some of the other countermeasures other than uh, changing the proof of work, like we're already doing for ASICs? Uh, right. What are some of these other things to uh, avoid this illicit so use? We we believe that um, like working. Uh, with the pools would be uh, one of the most effective countermeasures that we could uh, implement and, and and trying to add more transparency because i think monero by itself it's a it's a cryptocurrency that all the protocols have made uh, all the transitions anonymous but that doesn't mean that also the pools have to be uh that, that they are behind that uh they might not uh 
I think like the network should incentivize those pools that they are transparent and they 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 they, they know for sure who are their clients, so to speak. And I believe that could be a one one set of uh, of of um, countermeasures that we could apply. Maybe reward these pools, uh, uh, the ones that are like working towards uh, towards the network in a in a legit way, and 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 try to like incentivate uh, using pools that they that they are opaque and that they do not collaborate uh, with uh, with us. And I believe also another set of countermeasures could go from the technical perspective by trying to provide users with tools to measure how much uh, electricity their uh, homes and their devices are have been consumed that could be another another way to to, to try to fight against this uh, this uh, set of uh, this this threat because if you if a user sees or understands a bit better their electricity bill uh, they might be able to understand that the computer is infected and then they might be able to infect the, the computer mm-hmm in terms of uh, having the pool, so you're saying the pools would basically be giving up the identity of the miners, or just because I, I could see there being some blowback there, right? Because yeah, I mean, the, no, ultimate, I the ultimate, the ultimate use. Say, yeah, I wouldn't of, say the identity of the of the of, of the miners, but if you if you just uh, like many like many of those do, if you publicly advertise what is the wallet of those miners, you're not giving up their the the full identity right so there are ways in which you can uh i mean you can either have like go for the full full flag um, uh, wallet but also you can go for uh, i don't know pseudonymous or things like that that would allow you to understand whether behind the like set of wallets or a wallet might be uh one person or might be like several persons so for example the the pools i mean they don't need to give up this information to the uh, um, to the public domain, but they, the pools know the identities of this. Uh, well, if if you want to call the identity the wallet of, of a miner, which is not the identity because the way it works, uh, Monero basically allows you to to hide all these transactions. So every single transaction is being anonymous. But if you if you see, for example, as a pool that one single wallet has been um, is, is is controlling like a very large set of uh, machines like like a botnet then you should be able to to say okay no uh, this is not the type of behavior that i want i want uh, i don't want one single actor to control like a big large of, of of machines right i want this to be as much distributed as possible gotcha yeah because we wouldn't want to uh make it impossible for you know, uh, honest users to be able to obtain crypto anonymously by mining it, mm, especially, mm. Uh, you know, I mean, that's that's certainly one of the uh, the use cases uh, for Monero is the fact that you can ob- obtain it uh, an- anonymously as well if, right. you're, if you're mining it. But um, imagine that, I mean, let's say, for example, that uh, you, you've got a pool that is full, fully transparent and... Um, I believe that the pool could be able to, I don't know, change the wallet of, uh, I mean, make it, you can like work on the protocol level and, and, and manage to, to find a way in which uh, the legitimate users uh, kind of change the, the pseudonymous that they use or change the wallet that they use constantly, but, that, but in a way that you are able to understand uh, a bit better whether like legitimate users are using like very large amount of resources or not it's a it's a bit 
Yeah, it's a bit tricky because whichever countermeasure you apply to try to catch the bad guys might affect also the good ones. Um, whichever countermeasure you might apply to keep having the good ones anonymous might also benefit the the, the, the malicious guys. So it's a it's a it's a bit tricky to to to, to find like a good countermeasure that would actually fight against this threat. Mm -hmm. That's that's often a, an issue, an ethical issue Monero is facing, mm. right? Um, mm. So we always say it's it's more about the tool and you know building a, a, a perfect tool, and then kind of leaving it up to uh, humans to use it as they will, right? So mm. Mm. Uh, I mean, yeah, mm. like you, you don't you don't want to de deter or prevent the the honest user in Venezuela who's uh, who's using um, miners to obtain Monero and. You know, maybe he gets in trouble with his government, but he's he's actually trying to do good things politically in his country. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. extreme, but that's that's really what this no, is all it about. Is, it is, it is. Um, but I, I, I do technically, I, I mean, I do honestly believe that um, if if we if we get our heads around and and you can uh, build a set of uh, technical countermeasures that would allow you to keep preserving the uh, anonymity of the of the miners and and would allow you to 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 react against uh, these things. I mean, uh, say for example that a pool uh, finds out that from a one single IP address there is uh, constantly someone uh, sending uh, like constantly changing. Uh, different wallets so kind of um so let's say for example that from one single ip address you get someone mining against uh, different wallets okay so let's say for example that you see that in one day uh one single ip address has given you 1000 wallets for which someone has been uh, trying to 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 to, to mine and, and to solve proof of works. Um, you might be able to understand that the, that might not be the case of a legitimate user uh, running um, their own tool, but there might be a botnet that every single cycle or every single time asks the botmaster, okay, towards which wallet should I be running uh, this uh, proof of work? And in, 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 I mean, I think there are ways in which we can work around this. And and it's about it's, it's the, the, our paper we we aim at are putting the community together, raising this problem, and 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 and, and put them to to think about better ways to to solve this problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, sounds like the proof of work method is. I mean, because you know, Monero it, uh, that aligns with uh, Monero's uh, policies in terms of trying to thwart ASICs. So it may just be something that happens naturally anyway as we uh, work on our proof of work al algorithm and and make it mm -hmm. ASIC, more ASIC resistant. Mm -hmm. um, so where do you see this all heading? Are, are we kind of at the peak? of uh malware mining is this the heyday right now and then it's going to be it's going to it, it's going it, to fall it, apart as we learn to thwart it or is it going to be a constant cat and mouse game and we haven't even seen how how bad things can get it's hard to say because in early 2018 when i started looking at some of these uh, botnets and some of these malware uh, I thought, oh wow, this is a huge team. But then, towards uh, mid 2018, I, I found that my estimations were <laughs> like growing exponentially. So when I uh, like, yeah, like almost a year ago, I thought we were <laughs> in the peak, and 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 all of a sudden we saw that that things have have grown like uh, like enormously, like 600 or 700 percent of with respect to what we saw in early 2019. I believe that the problem is going to keep. Uh, like going for some time, as long as uh, antivirus vendors uh, like um, manage to bring themselves up to speed in a way, um, and um, 
I believe there is still more to it because um, right now this um, this kind of illicit crime, the return of the return of investment of for the criminals is is quite high with respect to the amount of uh, investment that they have to they have to to deal. So I think we have a problem here, and I think that uh, uh, we 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 might uh, kind of uh, see more to it in the following years. Um, hopefully, we will. Yeah, get to see some improvements. What I'm also very concerned about is uh, not only about the amount of power and electricity that these criminals are taking off uh, of their victims, but in a scenario where um, criminal owns a really large set of bots and they are all mining, uh, you can see more elaborated attacks to it that might affect not only victims but also might affect the the, the network itself, right? So, for example, we have a 51% uh, type of attacks for which if you control a really large uh, amount of, uh, of of workers you can start uh, trying to cheat in the protocol and things like that so that's something that uh, concerns me and, and hopefully we are not uh, going to see these criminals uh, moving towards that direction mm -hmm. yeah I think even last week there was a uh, news about something called King miner mm. and then uh, are you familiar with that one so I, I I didn't look at the whole aspect in detail, but I'm uh, yeah I'm familiar uh, with with uh, with uh, yeah with the with this uh, and and I think the if I remember correctly um, this issue comes down to uh, like a set of recent papers that have been looking at uh, at how yeah if you control a really large portion of the network how can you cheat in and how can you make this uh, this uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I, do you have any opinion on cryptocurrency in general? I know, I know you're, you, you know, you're. This is a, a research page paper on malware. Um, but are you also uh, a crypto enthusiast? Are you a Bitcoiner or a, a Monero user? So I'm, I'm really fascinated by the technology that is behind uh, um, this. Uh, um, Cryptocurrencies and 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 really interested about the blockchain and about the way in which you can find uh, new ways of of of, uh, of of having like a decentralized uh, uh, database. Uh, I believe that there are some risks behind the cryptocurrencies that we need to consider. Uh, they are very volatile, and for the end user, uh, that's something that I definitely like don't support or I would advise uh, that whoever gets into the cryptocurrency uh, world uh, like knows that it needs to know a bit about what they are doing uh, so in, in in that sense uh, yeah I would I would yeah I'm, I'm a bit cautious about this uh, technology in, in terms of, uh, of, of, of of this aspect um, but yeah given so that I mean I I'm yeah I have mixed feelings I mean I've I've, I, I've, I've been Playing with cryptocurrencies, I've and uh, but I'm not one of those ones that have become super rich with this uh, uh, with this technology. So I'm I'm still hoping that uh, yeah I can uh, yeah I can I get to be more enthusiastic enthusiast about it uh, in a few years. <laughs> so you haven't chosen to use your your research and uh, specialization for evil. You're using it for good. For the good, yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm very uh, positive about the uh, smart contract things and about ETH. And, and, and I think that there will be in the future a lot of cool applications to it. And that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, excited about mm -hmm. personally. Yeah, I mean, on this show, we're obviously Monero advocates, and uh, we mm. always kind of repeat the reasons, which is that, uh, 
you know, the, the, what I believe and many in the community believe is that, that the purpose or the invention of cryptocurrency, uh, which started with Bitcoin, was simply to create digital cash. Mm. And uh, Monero currently does that better than all others, um, mm. even as we discussed today, kind of proving that it's perhaps more censorship resistant than all other coins in that, uh, you know, um, for illicit uses, it's the chosen coin. I mean, even uh, last, I don't know if you saw last week or two weeks ago, uh, a Norwegian billionaire's wife was kidnapped and the ransom note was for Monero, which, uh, you know, is obviously a horrible thing, but it it shows that it's, it's, it's working as digital cash. And, you know, you can get into all the reasons why, philosophically and morally digital cash is an important thing to have uh you know you start to get down these uh freedom of speech arguments Mm -hmm. um but it seems like monero is currently doing that the best and Mm -hmm. i i see while you know there's these illicit uses are obviously there's there's you know, this isn't something we want. You know, it's it's straight up stealing. They're stealing uh, computing power and people's electricity. And then, you know, with with uh, kidnapping and, and ransoms, obviously, is not a positive. Mm. But it just seems to continually show that Monero uh, works as intended mm. as digital cash. Mm. So that that's that's how we view it over here on this show. Right, right. I mean, I totally agree that the uh, that the usage of, of of a technology that doesn't have anything to do with the with with the reasons why this technology should exist or not, right? So uh, here at the, uh, the academia and also in industry, uh, we are working towards fighting the bad guys, and and bad guys use uh, Monero, bad guys use also cash, the bad guys even use uh, other kind of crypto currencies. So it's uh, it's. Yeah, it's uh, it's what happens, and that's why we we need to keep working to build better detection mechanisms to to try to uh, de-infect machines, and and so that we we can know for sure that victims are protected, but also that the uh, crypto uh, currency and monero networks are are also uh, uh, protected. That only uh, only uh, legal users are, are are using it behind it, and and and. And yes, uh, that's that's what we we need to be uh, kind of uh, work. Uh, we need to kind of be working and 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 yeah. If there is uh, criminals that decide to to ask for a ransom in in, in Monero, that's uh, that 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 yeah. I agree. That makes a, a compelling argument. And, and and we we yeah we should uh, yeah we should try to 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 keep up fighting uh, malware developers as, as as we've been doing here. Uh, in my research group for for the last ten years, and and hopefully we'll we'll get to uh, to get down to these uh, to these guys. All right. Well, if anybody uh, you know wants to learn more about uh, your research, where should where should they go? Where can they find you? They can just Google my name uh, uh, and uh, probably just look at the feeds and the Twitter, and 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 there they'll find there my email. They can also reach me out. And I have a website where I keep putting all my papers and all my research and a Twitter account, so they can they can uh, they can just get to uh, get to it through that. All right. Well, thanks for all your great work, and uh, thanks for uh, agreeing to come on the show and talk about it. Thanks a lot for having me, and and I'm really excited uh, to to be here talking more about these things. And and, and congratulations, guys, for running this uh, this show. It's quite interesting. Thank you. 
And just to the audience, uh, I should just mention we launched our website, monerotalk.live. Uh, so if you want to watch, you know, listen to a podcast instead of the YouTube shows, you can find all the podcasts there. All right. Thanks again. Brilliant. And, Thank uh, you, sir. Hopefully we'll be in touch and maybe we'll talk to you again uh, with, with some updates. Hopefully. See you soon. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Bye.